0: Pray together, Spirit of Living God, fall fresh now on this preacher. Amen. Annual conference is upon us now. Annual conference in the United Methodist Church is where the business of the Illinois Great Rivers Conference takes place. For me, The highlight of annual conference is the ordination services. It's where, I think a a year ago, Michael was ordained a full deacon in the church. It's where people who have finished all of the questions, all of the things that they had turned in, paperwork, jumping through one hoop after another, sorry. (laughs) are finally told that we will now ordain you a full member of the annual conference and an elder in the United Methodist Church. The retiring class of elders, I don't know if that was you, Randy, when you retired. The retiring class of elders, they choose who will pass the torch, the flame, the light of the gospel to the new ordained elder. So it's a very symbolic, very high moment at annual conference because the incoming elders choose who will be the torch bearer for their class. So at the end of the ordination service, the elder that's retiring will come out with a torch in his hand and, and meet the elder that is coming in and hand them a torch which the elder promised to keep that flame burning for as long as he serves or she serves Christ. It's a wonderful symbol of one generation handing off the gospel to another generation and making them in the church service promise, covenant to continue that great Flame of the gospel burning throughout a lifetime. And in a sense, that's what we're doing here today. You guys are coming to be members of the church, not half members, but members. You're going to get to vote on things like my salary. I'm a good guy. But you get to vote on things that happen in the church because you're no longer youth. You're youthful members of Calvary, United Methodist Church. And that's the way God would have it. When I was ordained elder, I had the uh, opportunity to be the torch barrel. And something else happened to me, Randy. Uh, Bishop Lawson ordained me. And when he did, he gave me this piece of paper. And I wondered, what was it? On this piece of paper is my ordination traced all the way back to John Wesley. John Wesley laid hands on Bishop Thomas Coke. Thomas Coke laid hands on Bishop McKendry. Bishop McKendry laid hands on Bishop Andrew. Bishop Andrew laid hands on Bishop James. Bishop Franklin then laid hands on Anderson. Bishop Reigns laid hand on Lawson and Lawson laid hands on me. It is one of the few times in the ordination that you can trace your ordination directly back to the founder of the church, which means we are in what the Bible calls apostolic secession. That the gospel of Christ has never failed in any age. That we pass it on. and get And check this out. Once we pass it on, People who finish the course, they don't just sit back and watch us. You can't finish the course and be alive, by the way. I mean, you're running the whole time. You're down here. A lot, lot of people down here, like I'm in a wheelchair. They still running. (laughs) You never finish running. There is no retirement plan in the gospel. As long as you're breathing, you're running God's race. It's a race of a lifetime but those who have crossed what we used to call the Jordan and they've gone over on the other side they are there reminding us and they used to sit right where you sit they are there cheering us on and reminding us that you can do this because you are not running alone not only are you running with us cheering you on you're running with this congregation that's running with you and most of all you're running with Jesus Christ. How many of you ever went to a track and field event? I loved track when I was in school. I just didn't have the body to do it. You know, I, I was a football player, <laughs> and my school made us run track. If you, if you played football, you played all three sports. It was not an option. And when they told me I had to run track, I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm going to run this one 4 by 100 relay. Well, I got it, man. They stuck me on the four by 800 <laughs> relay. Because you know track, it works off of points. All they needed me to do was come in third and we would get another point and enough to win. No problem, it's only two laps around the track. I took off, looking good. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You gotta look good when you're running. I, run, I got around halfway around the track, stopped and took a pose. Oh, but starting that second laugh. My legs felt like rubber. My lungs was burning. I felt like crawling. I saw my girlfriend in the stands, and I wanted her to come get me, baby. <laughs> they were cheering me on because they needed me to come in third place to win those points and win. And you know? When people are running alongside of you and your your home team is in the stands cheering for you, you get energy that you didn't even know you had. Energy to finish fourth. <laughs> but I finished. In human races, somebody wins and somebody loses. But in the Christian race, we're not called to win. Think about that. We win to run. Let me, let me, let me break this down on this side because this side is looking at me like he's still running. <laughs> in the Christian race, when you accept Jesus Christ in your life who went to on Calvary to ensure that you are a member of the household of God that no human being not even you can snatch you away from the love of God that was won for you in Christ Jesus that's when you start running you've already won you win to run because what we're after in the Christian race is not to cross the finish line or I think I ought to tell you it ain't about getting to heaven. That race already has been won. Jesus, he, he did that for us. We are running this race because God so loved the world. Then you want that book to say God so loved us beautiful church people? But it says God so loved the world that God gave his only son that whosoever believes can run. Friends, there are a lot of things in God's world that trips us up. One of the things that's tripping me up now is this war in Ukraine. It's hard for me to see children being bombed, and it's hard for me to understand why. And it makes you want to quit the race, it makes you want to say, Where is God? God, don't you see these children over here being bombed? Why should I have to go and preach the Calvary and you're letting this go on? And the minute I start thinking that, I pick up an article on Facebook of all places that started talking about missionaries who are traveling from all over the world to Ukraine bringing food. Bringing money, bringing bandages, doing whatever they can to ensure that these people who are in the fight of a lifetime will know that they are not fighting by themselves. That God is preparing folk to stay there with them and they are reminding them the whole time. This is not what God has intended for you. This is not of God. In fact, God loves you and has sent me to remind you of God's love that's the race we're running we're running a race to make sure that people in God's world know that they are not alone that no matter what is going on around them God has not abandoned them that no matter what circumstances they find themselves in they too can run because they serve a God that's not on the sidelines watching us run we serve a God in Jesus Christ that runs alongside of us every time you think you're getting tired you know, and you want to do one of them poses Christ said well all stop showing off get back in the race Because Christ is running the race with us. The prize here is to run for a lifetime and don't quit. The prize here is once you start running, don't let life's circumstances prevent you from crossing the finish line. In fact, the Hebrew said, the, Bible, the, the scripture says, lay aside every weight that's going to weigh you down. Because God knows in life, things will weigh us down. One of the habits that I've got to break that's weighing me down, during the uh, pandemic, I've gotten used to binge watching TV. I got all the streaming channels. I had one when we went into the pandemic. They didn't talk me in the Paramount, Disney Plus, Hulu, Bulu, all the (laughs) loos. It's only so many times you can watch Andy Griffin. (laughs) But I've gotten hooked on streaming services because you can watch the whole eight seasons in a day and a half. (laughs) As if you only used the bathroom twice. But what is that keeping me from doing that God wants me to do? Is that 15 hours of binge watching, could I have been doing something else for a human being that needs to know that God loves them? Weights in our world are easy to cling on to us. This is an obvious one during the pandemic. Donuts were awful good, man. You know they were good. I'm not the only one that knew donuts were good. I went to put on my suit jacket, and I had to say, Alita, you shrink my coat. <laughs> because weight can sneak up on you before you know you have picked up 20 pounds. You've already picked up the 20 pounds, and nobody even told you. They waited till you lose the pound, and they said, You look like you're gaining weight. No, I lost a pound. (laughs) That's how easy weights can come upon us in this lifetime. That's the way sin is. Sin is so shrewd. It will sneak it on you before you know it has you. I try not to drink soda pop. I do because once I start, I cannot stop. It's something about that little sugary thing, you know. The more Pepsi or Coke, Mountain Dew is my favorite, that you drink, the more you want. And before I know it, if I keep it in the house, I can drink a whole 12-pack in the course of a day and don't even realize I've drank it because it's good. Sin makes things seem really good to us. And all the time, it's tearing us apart from the inside out. The race we run, we must always be ready to run when God asks us to run. We must be ready to serve when God needs us to serve. We never know what's going to happen in our community and in our world that the gifts God has given you is just what's needed to solve a problem. Serving God is much more than an emotional experience. Serving God. God is more than coming to a great worship service and listening to great music. Serving God is more than reading our Bibles and praying every day. Serving God is more than keeping ourselves unspotted and not hanging around those people that do obviously bad things. Serving God is always about serving others. The author of the epistle to the Hebrews encourages us. And if we are to run a good race, there are some things we have to do. We have to realize that sin tries to weigh us down. Wherefore, seeing that there are a compass and compass about us so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and sin will so easily beset us and have patience to run the race. Have patience. I don't have a lot of patience. All you gotta see me is trying to build something at my house and you know I ain't got no patience. man. The last thing you wanna see me do is nail on anything. I don't have, I want it finished. And all this stuff you buy on Amazon, and you gotta put it together with 25 different little parts. I don't like that at all. I'm like, I'm paying you then I'm working for you now. <laughs> you know, I used to go pay my money and buy a table, it was all ready together. Now I pay my money and Amazon puts me to work putting it together. I'm not patient that way, but God requires us to be patient if you're gonna run this race because we don't always see what God is doing. It's hard for us to take a 35,000 foot view and say, I can't see God working in the world but I promise you God does not sleep. God does not take vacation. God is always at work in what God loves. So the first thing we have to do is be patient. The second thing find some examples of folk who have been running the race a long time and Hang out with them to find out how are they able to say so spiritual. How are they able to run a race when it seems like it should be time to quit, but they are still running? They're still encouraging you. Have you ever ran across one of those people when you say, I had a test on Friday. I didn't do so good. The doggone teacher told us two days before we were going to have a test. Then he changed the whole test. And you're trying to explain that to somebody, and they're saying, oh, but Jesus is with you. Don't worry about it. You're going to get... Try to find people in your lifetime that know how to run a race and know that God is always in the race with us. Know that we are never, ever alone in the race. The race of a lifetime, brothers and sisters, requires commitment. The most difficult relationships that you have is with your brothers and sisters. Am I right about You, you got any brothers and sisters? Man, man my sisters, we fought all the time. <laughs> they tied me to a tree one time and left me there till my daddy came home. <laughs> the most difficult <laughs> things that we do most of the time is with our brothers and sisters. And it requires commitment to love people the way God loves people but that's exactly what the Christian lifestyle calls us to do the Christian lifestyle calls us to love people who by the world's standards would be unlovable but because we are Christians, and because God has created them in God's image we love them not because they're so good but we love them simply because God loves them finally race of a lifetime requires you to have a coach. If you're going to run this race, you need a coach. The Bible says we look to Jesus, who's the author and perfecter of our faith. He ran the race. He demonstrated to us. How to run the race and be faithful to God. How to run a race that He did not want to run. Father, if it be your will, remove this cup from me. He ran a race to be in God's will. His life was about doing what God wanted him to do and not what he wanted to do. So much so, he went to the garden and said, God, please, if it's your will, I don't want to do this. But he kept on running. Because as he was running, he had a picture of you in front of him. He had a picture of me in front of him and he knew that i was going to need a savior one not just said i've done it but one that comes in my life every day and runs alongside me and say to me if i could run all the way to the cross you can run all the way to the food bank and help serve food on fridays if i can run To the cross, certainly you can run to one of your classmates who have been bullied and crying and pick them up and let them know that they are loved if they're only loved by you. Christ reminds us as our coach that we can do this because he stayed in the race. And remember, he was human. At any point, he could have quit. But he said, not my will but your will be done. Coach Jesus is who we commend you to today. Now, we have all these wonderful coaches, three coaches that have taken you through this confirmation, and they'll be here. They know you personally. (laughs) They'll be here watching your ministry and supervising your ministry, but Jesus will be there too. Every time you think you want to quit, he'll be there reminding you, you can do this. You can finish this because I am with you. And then he said something that caught my attention. If you don't really believe that I'm here with you and I'm running alongside you, greater is he that is in you than the one that's in the world. In other words, God's spirit has not left us up to us to run the race. God's spirit has taken up residence in these bodies and Him decided that God is going to supervise our race from the inside out. And all we have to do is be obedient to that still, small, voice amen